Welcome, we are very excited, and I would hope we could say we're drunk after that fucking intro. Uh, welcome to Hellcast, episode Hellcast number Hellcast listeners. Yes, Hellcast You better listeners. make a stand now and get to the computer, or there'll be nobody left to listen to Hellcast. If they are hearing that right now, they already made that stand. But thank you for tuning in. We will be talking to Mike Koch of Witchcross. I think I would have to say both of us are big fans. I am yeah. very excited yes. to be hearing from them, and I am even more excited to introduce to you yet another segment of our famous, lovely, <laughs> famous, <laughs> famous, you know, it's become famous. Come oh. on, don't don't Rock discredit our, our fans here. I mean, we're getting a lot of really good feedback here, and I would love to read you this feedback from our beloved fans. Uh, feedback. Wee! Exactly. So... <laughs> hey, kids, it's me, Barney, and here's your goddamn email. Uh, all right, our Every first. Every time I see it, I just picture it was, a, it was Charles Barkley punched him in the nose on that <laughs> Oh, it's uh, good. I enjoy it. So this week we have an anonymous tip from... Uh, some dude. Um, who is this? Oh, I have an uh, ominous tip. Yes, Any an hot ominous. checks, I will put it into you. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, our first email is, I highly recommend this. Great interviews. Great underground music. No mainstream or commercial crap. And a great variety of styles. Great stuff. Well, I have to say, Great. I think that was a great review. That was great to hear that yes. great review from such a great listener. <laughs> and uh, Secondly, we hear from another anonymous person. I, I forgot to take these people's names down. Underground bands. Yet an interview with Toxic Holocaust. <laughs> yeah, real underground. Okay, I guess uh, so next time maybe we'll get an interview with uh, fucking Joe Blow from the band that you never heard of and expect a lot of people to be interested in it. Come Actually, um, Armpit... <laughs> Dennis from um, from from West Virginia from yeah, Crotchmonger's death is going to be here exactly. next week with us. Yeah, so if you don't like it, don't tune in. We're getting people. he doesn't shave his exactly. We're we're getting people that are relatively underground. All right, it's an argument. All right, it, it might be it's not so much an underground, but it's not exactly fucking Iron Maiden or something. Uh, but so, isn't Bruce Dickinson coming in next week? Yeah, he's coming in next week. That's what I'm going to do. Fuck that guy. No, Bruce Dickinson's Toxic not coming Holocaust, next week. Real underground. Well, now you're going to be like Iron Maiden. Yeah, real underground. That's like yeah. Or he'd be like yeah, you. Iron Maiden. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah, that's real underground. Uh, great show as always. Some old stuff and some new stuff and previews of what I will buy next. Except Anvil. 
Fuck, I wanted to clean my ears out with battery acid. Never a fan of their music and was surprised they were at MDF because they sucked live. Well, I have to say I am kind of surprised they would be at Maryland Death Fest as well because I don't think they should really call it Maryland Death Fest as more, anymore. But nonetheless, yeah, uh, Anvil. So I kind of just I made, was listening to Speed of Sound today, man. And that, you know what? It's I, not death metal, but there's some. Right. Well, you know. needless to say, I did put it in note that next time we'll play Anvil. And actually, uh, Lips is going to be coming on the show. We're going to be. He's doing, very underground. Yeah, he's very underground. But fuck him because they, people. Tony like Iommi's lined up for later he, in the he month is too, too, right? So a little psych there. Um, the older Hellcast. Oh, this is this is for you, buddy. The older Hellcast episodes are good, but the new ones with Eddie are better. Ooh. <laughs> when yeah. when he's on, my girl parts hum with excitement. <laughs> well, I have to say that. You know, that's cool. I'm glad you're getting some attention there. I mean, I didn't do anything for the show. I mean, I didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with the idea. I didn't produce it. And well, I whoever that was out there that wrote But, that. you know, I mean, but if, hey, if, you know, if girl parts are humming for you, that's cool. Man, it's yeah, cool, hey, man. Well, no, it's cool. That's, that's fine, you know. Well, the girl parts are humming, or well, the boy parts are still not, because, you know. Dude, I'm, I'm, pitching, my, I'm pitching a tent right now. Dude, I'm, I'm sporting wood, yeah. Watch the back of your head, <laughs> Yeah, I'm honestly, you know, like you that. Ever stood hair. behind a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. No. And I don't want to. Uh, I listen. This is actually this is my personal favorite. This is actually my That was favorite. actually my favorite email I've ever heard All in my right. entire life. Well, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, maybe actually won't need to fuck yourself after that one. But anyway, uh, my, this is my personal favorite. I listen to Hellcast pretty regularly. Pretty cool stuff and pretty good music. I think in your last episode, you guys were making fun of my Cleveland Midnight Show attending denim vest wearing girlfriend, though. I got quite a laugh out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, think anybody was making fun of that. I, I was, you okay, know, yeah. I don't exactly remember ripping on anyone directly, but hey, you know. I guess she could slap Dude, it's cool. Your you girlfriend know, went dude, to the midnight show with you. Yeah, hey, but I guess we were talking trash about that. But you know what, man? Because now you're going to have to watch out because first it was a beer on your head. Now you're going to have to go to shows, and you might get some girls slapping you in the face. Sweet. So, uh, Who's going to slap you? We're going to have to get the, your picture posted. I don't think anybody soon, knows fucker. about the beer being dumped. So. Uh, we, well, we don't it was after this. a midnight show, oddly enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, now you're going to get slapped in the face after a fucking I'd midnight show. I'd rather that because at least it's not so uh, wet. So, well, well, thank you for the fact. Fan email, yes, so thanks. continue to email us at hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com. And actually, it's in the works. We're going to get Mr. Satan here his own email. So why don't we get onto the program and listen to some music? Here is Negative Plane.
was an appropriate topic since we'll be talking to Witchcross, a band who has an LP box set out and soon a CD box set out of the same thing. Was It was kind of interesting to me, what are the lamest and the coolest extras that you can get in a box set? And I remember, I mean, well, first off... Um, I thought it was typical that when you get a box set, it normally has a patch, a poster, or like a t-shirt, or a sticker. And it's like, ah, damn it. I always hated that because... You can't what, break the box set up. Yeah, you can't break the box stuff. set up. So what the hell am I going to do with this damn poster or sticker or patch? I'm not going to put it on my vest. And I did that once. I had a Toxic Holocaust, like the original nuclear war now version of uh, evil never dies before it was signed the relapse and they fucked it all up and i had the i had the die hard he was the kind of he's kind of the guy that came up with the whole die hard thing and i it came with a patch and at the time it was like a toxic holocaust patch I was like yeah so i sewed it on my vest and later along for reasons to not disclose i got rid of it and it's like someone emailed you got rid of the vest no the 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 diehard lp okay and someone on ebay is like dude does it have the patch it's like oh no because i put it in my fucking vest it's like it's incomplete i know i understand where you're coming from so 
I was wondering what you thought were some of the coolest. I remember that Dark Throne had one, and it came with like a Lego figurine like just had like it had a, and it, it was nothing more than that it was just like a lego figurine it had a a dark throne t-shirt on it was awesome well see shit like that's great the first thing that comes to mind is the uncoolest thing i've ever seen in a box set was when i opened up the nunslaughter box set this most recent one this is such a cool book and oh it's on the back cover god damn it it's don's picker <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah they, that one and gets me every time. So hey, good for him. He's got the balls to do it, and then he proved it. Literally, uh, I saw his balls. I didn't think he had them. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Don's listening. Hey, fuck you. Yeah, right, but yeah, but but I'm talking about extras. Cool. I, one of the coolest things. Speaking of that, Nunsutter was the flag. The flag was cool as shit. I've never got a flag in a box set before that I could think of, and the that putrid nun. You know, it's like a <clears throat> what do I? It's a banner. Yeah, flag banner, and it's used as like a um, a banner, <laughs> a banner. No, like in my, for me personally, it's like a, a shade, like a window, oh. well, like a window shade. See, I use it to dry my ass when I get out of the shower. Oh, well, yeah. Can the I have yours then? Yes, for later, <laughs> for the nether regions. It's funny because talking about like you know patches or or stickers or something like something that's used and it breaks up the box set. I don't really mind posters though for some reason because I like I'll open up the poster and be like oh that's cool and then, and then you fold it up and then put fold it, back it right back away. yeah and <laughs> yeah, never look at it again. Well, I, I've been because I have like every version of Satanic Royalty and it's not a box set, but I'm like I kind of want to get the tape for the sticker, but I'm like I have to if I get the tape I got to get two because I'm going to need to keep one sticker and the tape for not using. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it, it's this. But I, the coolest I, I that I can think of is, is the flag. The other, we, uh, the the witch cross box set, for example, just having the different colored vinyl and same, yeah. and the, I think that's cool as shit. And, and, that was awesome. Who gives a shit what the color of the thing is? But it's like you look at it, it's like fuck, this is kind of cool. It's kind of neat. It's yeah, kinda, the way it was presented, it was a really see that. Yeah, exactly. You're right. A strong presentation, such as the witch cross box set, that's a good seller. T-shirts, not so much because it's like you got to get one strictly for your size. Like, what the hell does it really matter? Like, like it's it, they're all sold out. It's like, fuck, there's only double X or smalls left, and it's like shit. But like, realistically, yeah. I'm never gonna wear this damn T-shirt. So it's like, you know, I'm not gonna break up my box set. I have a disaster box that it was like that. It's like, oh fuck, but I got it, and, it, and it's a large, so it'll fit if I want to yeah. wear it anytime. Do you but remember? Then you the, take, uh, but then you take out the T-shirt, and then everything flops around the damn box set. Right, right. It, it, it's kind of a cool thing to present. Like I have the Death Angel box set, and like the cool things on that was that was the first time I'd ever been exposed to some other demos and stuff. I thought, that, and there was nothing else but CDs in that box set. You know, is that little? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I was just gonna. <laughs> that was, and that was the first time you're ever exposed to a naked man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't the first time. I, oh, I was raised as a Catholic, you oh, know, by right. my mom. <laughs> I don't. Random so the thought. priests, you know, is the time for confession, anyway, Edward? No, you, you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying like it, it, the the Death Angel box that was cool. There was it was just the CDs, but it had demos in it. It was like. It's fucking kind of cool. What are DVD? Those? I don't know what those are. Dude, by the way, if you go to Rosetta Stone, you get a free demo right now, and I'm trying to figure out which demo it is, because I might go. Rosetta Stone. <laughs> yeah. You, 
if you go to the website, they say you get a free demo, I, a free demonstration of Rosetta Stone. But I thought, oh, oh they give uh, us a free demo. Sweet, <laughs> yeah. the demos of Rosetta Stone. They're really raw. They're really in your face. They're not polished at all. What is Rosetta Stone for our international friends? Oh, that's to learn other languages. Like or yeah. It's the second best thing to being dumped into a country and left on your own. Okay, cool. According to the... See, my favorite thing... I like uh, when you get a, like a turntable mat. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool because... I mean, I won't take it out of the box yet, but it's still cool. <laughs> At least I could put it on my turntable, and then when I get tired of it, I'll put it back in the box. Set, exactly. You know? that's still yeah, complete. that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, patches and stickers, t-shirts. They're I cool mean, as shit. They're cool, but I, they didn't complete my box set, damn What's it. it. <laughs> but getting back to music, this is Omission with Architects of Fear. Yeah. 
Day of Death! Once I wake up in this prayer I can hardly breathe in this air Controlling my speechless prayers With the soul of that makes me pay Living in an open casket Dying for the darkest dream No force, no will Living in an open casket Dying for the darkest dream No force, no will Just a puppet for the way So joining the show is uh, Mike Koch from Witch Cross. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Oh, thanks. Uh, wonderful you're having us here, you know, and uh, we like all the support we're getting from Hell's Headbangers and uh, and the fans as well. They've, they've been tremendous in this uh, this period of, of reunion or, or second birth of the band as it is. So it's uh, it's been a fantastic experience. Uh, Glad to do any interviews in there and spread the word about witch crimes anyway. You know. Well, we're glad, glad to have you. And uh, kind of going to delve more down to probably an obvious uh, start, which would be uh, Fit for Fight. And uh, from my perspective, I feel that uh, Witch Cross was kind of a, a cult classic type band. And up until a few years ago, when a bootleg CD of Fit for Fight came into my view and was actually, it introduced me to the band, it seemed as though that was also the case for also some new fans of the band as well how do you feel about bootleg releases and would it be safe to say that this particular release kind of gained interest in witch cross once more well i mean initially i didn't really like the idea of somebody bootlegging new album but to be fair you know we, we never did it to make a lot of money you know i mean we did it because we wanted to to play our music to 
to as many people as possible. In a way, it was part of our history, you know. I think I, I sort of said it in a, in a few interviews that the bootleg is a bootleg, whether you don't really expect the band to sort of go, yeah, that's great. But in our case, it has actually worked out really well that a lot of people have heard about the band and heard about the music. And uh, and we see it when we play live. Um, a lot of people come up and, and, you know, you know, even, you know, very emotional. Oh, I thought, I'm oh, never going to see you guys. You know, I was, I was born after you split up and and all this stuff. So that that's really cool that um, there's a lot of young young fans there. Um, so, it, yeah, it, it's, it's great that it's been kept alive that way. And and in particular, the, 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 the Hell's Headbangers release is, is amazing what, what they've done to, to, to bring all, out, out all the old stuff as well and then the photos and all that stuff. And, and the CD as well is going to be brilliant when they, when they release that later this year, so it's going to be great. Yeah, and we'll then we'll touch a bit more about that. Uh, yeah, but uh, kind of going all over the place, I guess. If my if order of my questions, but um, as you mentioned, the, the band is now back together, and you've done a reunion. Uh, what was the driving force for a reunion for the band so many years later, and and what can we expect from it? Well, it was um, it was a lot of uh, little uh, incidents, as it were, yeah, that that sort of brought the whole thing. Uh, back to life uh, for a long time you know I wanted to, to do a bit more with the, with the music I've, I've been writing songs you know with with this idea that I was going to do a new album and then suddenly we, we did um, we did an interview for a French magazine uh, called Snake Pit and um, and uh, that interview is, is included on the on the Hell, Hell's Headbangers vinyl release actually okay um, and um and that sort of uh, started the ball rolling a bit, you know. We, we sort of you, you sort of remembered a lot of, of things that happened in in the past, and and um, Lauren from the magazine asked asked us uh, if we would be interested in playing, you know, at, at Keep It True in in Germany. Um, and at that point, it was a year and a half in advance, so I just yeah, let's do it, you know. And uh, and I got hold of the the rest of the boys. Um, we sort of we, we had been in contact over Facebook. I, I did set up a, a Facebook group uh, for which cross, you know, just to remember the old days and people could post pictures and stuff. Um, but um, so we met up all, all the old guys. Alex had already told me it, it wasn't really for him, you know. Uh, he, he, he's doing a lot of other stuff. You know, he's he's DJ. He's got a few bands going, and uh, and um, but I always kept in contact with Alex. It's one of the uh, one of the people I, I always sort of kept, you know, saw once a year, twice a year, whenever I was in Denmark. So, so we we had we had sort of kept in contact. We always talked about maybe doing something else, but it, it, ne- it never happened, you know. So because you know him being in Denmark, I'm being in London, it was a bit tricky. But everybody else seemed happy. Uh, we wanted to do the show with two drummers because we had a recording drummer. Uh, who did um, the single and, and Fit for Fight album. Uh, but he left shortly after the Fit for Fight album was finished, and then we had a new guy in. Um, uh, his stage name was Tony Adam. He, we call him Lars these days, a Danish name like, like Lars, uh, Lars Ulrich. But, um, and he's our, uh, our drummer at the moment. At Keep It True, we had uh, Anas AC from the album. He played that show, but from now on, it will be Lars playing with us live. Um, uh, we had problems with the, uh, not problems, but the, 
it didn't work out with the other guitar player and um, so the, the so we we got we got three three members from the old days uh, which is me on guitar obviously Yan uh, uh, little John Fields on bass and then Lars on drums um, Lars also is on the on the on the on the four double vinyl album on the, he's he's recorded all the later demos with the band um, so he is uh, he is our touring drummer recording drummer as well. Um, and then we got two new members, a, a guy called Kevin Moore, who was, uh, used to work with uh, Graham Oliver from Saxon, and also works with me in another band, uh, which which is a sweet tribute band we do. Um, and uh, then um, a, a very close friend of mine who's a guitar player from a band called Jane Doe, um, sort of a, a late 80s, 90s band from Denmark, um, who sort of helped us out in the last minute when we needed a guitar player from Keep It True. And he's been, uh, he's now he's now involved in the band full time as well. So so that's that's uh, that's the lineup for now. That that'll be the band that will record the new material and uh, and be doing the, the gigs for the future. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> if that answered your question, I forgot what you asked me. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, about the you know what. I did a right there, didn't I? I? Just started talking, and I forgot. What I <laughs> no, no, I mean you nailed on. And so you answered it. It's what we can expect, and obviously a new album, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean we've been airing this new this new track called "Demon in the Mirror," which is our. It's gonna probably gonna be our first single. We've been trying to shoot a video for it. Unfortunately, there was some issues that that. Uh, that didn't make it possible at the last show. So, uh, but um, it's it's eminent that uh, we, we we will we will uh, carry on with with that project. And uh, so, then, so expect the video sort of in in the near future, hopefully before Christmas at least, and um, and maybe uh, a little teaser for for the album as well. We we sort of uh, we have written most of the material. We we just started recording it now. So it's it's a it's. It, I mean, we don't have a big label behind us. We don't have a big budget, so it's all what whatever we can do, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's all up. I produce everything on the album and uh, uh, in my studio in London. So it's uh, so we all try to get together whenever we can. Um, that the the present band is is spread in in four countries now. So so it makes it a bit bit tricky to get together and um, and also to. Uh, to rehearse and stuff, but we we uh, we managed it so far. We all fly into Denmark and, and meet up and and rehearse and and, and arrange stuff. You know, after you explain it all where everyone's about with the new band, with the new lineup and all that, uh, it's pretty much just like in the past. In the and I'm kind of going to go pretty much down to the uh, formation of the band with the the few originating years the band was around. Uh, to the time you broke up, there was a lot of lineup changes. And uh, did this have an overall effect on the later disbanding of the band in 86? And what were some of the reasons that the band did break up? <clears throat> to be honest, I think um, the band sort of developed, obviously, like most bands do, you know. So, so the, the, the early years, you, you sort of just, you just try to find the right members. Some, some people break away, they want to, you know, for work issues. And, and so all these things sort of uh, create a lot of ins and out of the band, obviously. Yeah, uh, the band had, had came from a band called Blood Eagle, which was actually with a keyboard player. It was a bit more like the Purple type thing. And then me and Jan, we took the band uh, to a different different level, you know, uh, much more inspired by Iron Maiden and Saxon and all the you know, new wave of British heavy metal. 
and we, we got Alex in the band and we had a, had a different guitar player guy called Thomas uh, uh, known as Stoney in the band and we had to but it was very close to the to the to the to the later lineup uh, and that band sort of developed a little bit we did a, the first single with the, with No Angel and Are You There sort of kickstart everything and um, and that led to us being invited to to the Fit for Fight album uh, obviously on the Fit for Fight album we had Cole on the guitar as well who, uh, who contributed a lot to the writing and uh, he, he was a, a very good guitar player you know so, so that sort of lifted the whole uh, the whole drive of the band and, and he created a more like twin guitars or Judas Priest sound as well um, so uh, and then and then obviously uh, the drama left shortly after the um, the, the release of Fit for Fight um, no hard feelings he just said like you know I'm, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do something different you know he he was also very ambitious in the work related issues and uh, so he, he he was he was constantly doing stuff you know so he, he was he, I wouldn't, wouldn't say he, it was a problem for us but sometimes it, it could be a bit hard to, to go and do gigs with the and arrange everybody to be there at the same time. So, um, and then uh, we, we sort of had a fairly stable lineup when we when we toured in Holland and Germany. Um, and then there were some issues there. The other guitar player, Cole, left the band. And um, and we did, then we had a replacement for him. It was very hard those days to, to find um, good metal musicians in, in, in Copenhagen. Uh, there was a few bands where everybody sort of had their own little niches uh, as it was um, and um, and I don't think that the replacement we had was was right for the band uh, he was all right he, he, he did the job but uh, it, the band didn't grow really it was a bit stable um, and um, and that, that that to me and Alex leaving the band and forming another band uh, it was initially called which the new band but it, it, it later became a band called Harlot which was a bit softer rock you know uh, um, and I know the only the only original member that carried on the band was was Jan Lundgrenfield carried on the band um, and did one or two shows in Copenhagen with um, and I think they also played Ross Killing in 1986 yeah so that was the last sort of official sort of well that, that was the that was the split of the band from that period in the 80s and then we have we have been reformed uh, to do smaller shows on a couple of locations uh, together with Alex and uh, the other guitar player as well. Poems. Now, I'm not exactly sure about when the album came out, how big of a record deal you had, but was there any world, there wasn't any world tour or, or really any extensive touring for the album, was there? No, there wasn't a, I mean, in those days, it, it, you were sort of quite, uh, it, was, it was very hard to get gigs, especially in Denmark. We, we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we did our support gigs. We supported Accept, and I believe we supported Motorhead at one point, and a few other bands. Um, so, uh, and did a few shows together with Pretty Mates and uh, and Evil and, and Maltese Sark and uh, some of the other Danish bands. But there wasn't there wasn't any tour tour sort of arranged. Um, we it was a it was a small independent label that released our album, and they they made a licensing deal with the Roadrunner in Holland. Uh, which meant that the album sort of got released worldwide. But um, I mean, it was we we did a small tour of Holland and um, and Germany in uh, I believe that was eighty four 
I believe it was, or, or early '85. Maybe it was only it was early '85. Sorry, and um, and I think you know what happened was that we was we were shopping the new songs, which we have demoed up uh, for for a new label, and our management didn't didn't want to go with Roadrunner so much because for financial reasons or whatever. So. If we had gone for the Roadrunner, you know, we might we, we might not be sitting talking here, you know, we, we might have been we might have been off there with with the big ones, but you never know, you know, it's one of those things you you sort of think about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of the songs are included on the well, all the songs we recorded are basically on on the on the vinyl release that Hell's Headbanger done. Um, so there's there, there's half of the new album. It's basically on there. You know, you got the Midnight Mob Down the Clan. You got the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You've got Chase a little shadow and one more. Yeah, yeah. But all all the new stuff that was going to go on the on the album was was half written basically. I think we just needed another four tracks. We we could have recorded the album. There's a segment on the show that we do about where you know where band members or bands are now. They kind of yeah. vanished into obscurity, and I think it might be appropriate. Uh, we delved on a little bit. Uh, well, you did. What is the original vocalist from uh, Fit for Fight, Alex? What what is he doing these days? Well, Alex is um, uh, after which cross he he continued working with me for for a number of years until on year, years until I moved to London in the band Harlow. Then he then he started his own band called Savage Affair, um, and they've been sort of going you know on and off uh, for the last twenty years or so. Uh, I don't. I don't believe they're together anymore, but you know, occasionally they do a show here and there. They did about four, three or four albums in Denmark, um, and were fairly successful in Denmark, but but nothing much outside of Denmark. And then um, he's a he's a radio DJ in Denmark, so he does a, a two or three hour show every day uh, um, on on national radio. Um, He's a bit of a, you know, a celebrity as it is in Denmark. You know, he, he gets photographed whenever he goes out. And oh wow! So he's he's very busy. He's he's one of these guys that you would see on a TV show doing, you know, odd things. You know, like uh, uh, you know, again as as a guest on a on a program. He's he's he has quite a high profile in Denmark. You know, is even uh, at one point he introduced the. The Crown Prince of Denmark, you know, on, on his radio show. So he's, he's well connected in 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 that respect, you know. So so he he's he's sort of um, he's very busy with that uh, uh, the radio, and and then he, he does a few bands. So he does a Led Zeppelin tribute band, of course, the Led Zeppelin Jam in Denmark, and um, and also me and him we're putting a band together. Uh, a rock band. It's a bit of a cover band doing doing old rock tracks, you know. So we call Big Riff Society. So uh, so look out for that. There might be some info on that coming up. But that's pretty. Cool. Yeah. He's, he's 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 very very sort of he's doing all right. I think um, uh, as as far as Jan uh, um, Lil John Fields goes, he uh, he lives in back in our old town where where we where we grew up. Um, Unfortunately, he has some back problems, so it, it, it stopped him from working. He was with a, he was with a, a, a number of bands in, in Denmark, and he was also with the Jane Doe, uh, sort of eighties, nineties rock. It was rock and roll, sort of an American style rock band. Um, 
uh, where, where we actually got the new guitar player from. So, um, and he, he's doing all right, you know, obviously, you know, with, with the back problem, it's just hard for him to do. But he does a lot of teaching with, with kids with, with special needs, and he, he, he's, uh, he's, he's very active musically in, in helping young people, uh, young kids, you know, um, have, have the opportunity to, to do music. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. Thing. He, he, even with, with you know his daily sort of suffering, you know he he's, he still managed to have time to do that. So that's an amazing thing. Um, the drummers, um, the album drummer uh, AC, he plays with a few bands and he runs a, a, a couple of companies, sort of uh, um, motivation companies for for businesses. And uh, he's also he, he's he's very a very very busy person, you know. But uh, but. Um, we still, we still keep in contact uh, with him a lot. He, uh, as I said before, he, he did our Keep It True, um, the first show we did when we played at Keep It True in April this uh, this year. Um, so it was great to have him on board there. Um, and um, then the, the other guitar player, Cole. I mean, we, we don't we don't talk too much with Cole, but uh, he lives. Uh, he still lives in, in just outside of Copenhagen. He does a lot of, of graphic designs and. Uh, and, uh, and album covers. Um, I, I don't know how much he's he's, he's working musically, but uh, yeah, we wish him all the best for the future. Anyways. So myself having an inside to the production of All That's Fit for Fighting LP box set and soon to be CD set, there was little to no involvement from the band with gaining the materials, uh, the recordings, the pictures, etc., and was done mostly by fans. How does it feel to have such fans that were dedicated enough to have remembered Witch Cross and have it archived and had the knowledge base to produce such an impressive release? I think I think that's. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that it actually got put together. I, I didn't know anything about the whole project. And I think I even had a go at Chase at one point, saying like, "We we need to know what's going on here, guys." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Since then, proven me wrong. You know, I was just worried there was going to be another shabby pirate release, but it has actually proved out to be a brilliant release, and uh, it's beautifully put together. I mean, it's amazing that that people sort of uh, kept this information uh, and 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 obviously the demos and stuff. Uh, it would have been nice to sort of uh, to be able to contribute to it. Uh, to the album, uh, you know, because obviously I, I, have, I have most of the tracks lying around as well. So, but uh, I think it was it was mainly um, Jan who, who did a lot of the work through one of his sort of friends and fans, um, and I believe Ole Cole contributed, uh, contributed as well with some tracks. So I mean, it's it's it's, it's a great piece they put together there for for the band. Obviously, you know it's. It's not completely ad- ac- accurate what the information on there, but it's it's near near enough, you know. So yeah, so I think it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Now coming back to the currents, obviously, as you expressed with uh, you telling us all about the uh, current members of the band, everyone's all over the place. Do you think that technology has made it easier for mu- musicians to pursue their dreams as being artists? With such means as obviously it's a lot easier with the internet to correspond, yeah. uh, you know, shoot ideas back and forth and whatnot. Or do you feel it has almost, in a way, kind of t- taken away from up and coming musicians looking for an opportunity to make it in a band because they're now like a band that's obviously like in the business or in the in the scene long enough can just easily kind of go out and say, hey, you know. 
well, such and such band, they have a really good vocalist, and I, know, I hear he's for hire, so we'll just get that guy rather than hosting auditions like locally or whatnot and you know, more or less giving that local scene a chance for those up-and-coming musicians. Yeah, I think uh, I think you could do a lot of work using, using the internet. Uh, most, well, all the songs that we are writing at the moment is, is done on the internet with me and the singer just bouncing ideas back and forth. Uh, he just uh, emailed me a couple of the vocal lines uh, for a new track today, so I'm just putting that in my uh, my Pro Tools system, and we we just uh, I, I mix it up and I send it back. You know, maybe we should work on this. So that, that it, it works both ways. I think it's. Um, I mean, when you're a young band, you know, you you want to be in the room together. You don't want to just hire somebody to do a, a session job as it is, you know, because then you're just going to sound like everybody else. What I think the, what the strength was was for us when we were young, and the same for most of the young band is is basically the energy and and the, what what you, what you what you put across. I think most bands that play play to to the absolute absolute limit of what they can do become becomes quite interesting. If if you work with session musicians that can play anything, you know, then then it becomes a little bit more blurred. You get that sort of wishy washy sound of music you, you had a lot of it in the sort of late eighties, early early nineties, you know, where where you know, you had a lot of really good players but, but the material wasn't very strong and nobody really sort of uh, came out with something original. It was, it was just like all all packaged up nicely with a, with great photos, big videos and, and sort of me, mediocre songs, you know, and with great players, don't get me wrong, but but you know, it's not what it's about, it's actually about four or five guys getting together, having the same vision, and then going out there and, and presenting it to to the audience. And with the internet, they, they can they can actually present it a lot better. You know, you can on Facebook and, um, and like we're doing on Skype here. You know, you you, you can you can, uh, you can interact with people around the globe much easier, uh, which wasn't available before. So I think it, it works both ways. Yeah. And before we uh. Started the interview, you had said that you had a teaser of some of the new material. This is a track called uh, Lost Without Warning. Let's see what's going on. We're not trying to rewrite Fit for Fight, uh, right? But we, well, we're definitely going for the older sort of the, the older style rather than, than doing something completely new. It, it, it sounds it sounds a little bit bigger and a little bit uh, you know better production, but we, we stay away from using keyboards. We, we you know it's 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 good good old you know five, five piece rock band two guitars you know um, we, we're not doing any any of that new sort of focus focus with with sample stuff and you know obviously there's a bit of sound effect for for intro to the tracks but the tracks are basically songs that we can play live mm-hmm. uh, with with the current lineup and 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 on, on the two two previous shows we done we aired one of the tracks demon in the mirror as i said before and it, and people have actually really taken to it and uh, 
and we believe that that, that track has a great future actually so so yeah it's, it's, it's really good working on the new stuff um, we won't release anything before we're completely happy with it uh, uh, so it, it might might be before Christmas it might be just after Christmas but I think it, it, within the next uh, six to eight months there, was, there should be a new album out there uh, uh, possibly with a Hell's Headbanger. I'd probably be around the same time period. Uh, there's also going to be, then, in addition to the already available All That's Fit for Fighting LP box set, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's going to be a four-disc CD set, which uh, will contain all the same material as the LP had, with the addition of a DVD uh, full of, of with a, li- a full live show from uh, Eindhoven, and then several music videos from the album. Now, I was curious. I, I had no idea that there were any music videos for the album, and I had seen the footage, and they appear as though they were featured on, like, a Danish TV show or something. They, did, they, they kind, of, kind of had that old uh, Venom or Maiden uh, music video where it's like they're playing on a stage with no audience or whatever, and there's little to no B-roll, as it would be, that's, like, you know, kind of like a story footage or whatever it's just all the band playing were they indeed videos for a danish tv show or actually uh, they were commissioned by the, the the danish record label and um and we, we sort of uh, we set up as you said up in in a, in a venue in copenhagen uh, dressed the stage with the uh, martian stacks and uh, you know the scaffolding even you know where i where I, I believe i'm on top of the scaffolding on, on some of the some of the shots actually so it's, it was all um, with the explosions and, you know, all that sort of thing were, were going on. And it, it was meant to sort of look live, you know, uh, as you said, uh, sort of early 80s, Iron Maiden, Sax and whatever. Um, but there was never meant to be any sort of storybook or, or little uh, additional um, uh, 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 videoing of, of, of uh, other scenes and then the band just playing live on stage. Um and some years back, uh, one one uh, video, uh, "Rocking the Night Away," hit uh, hit YouTube when YouTube started going, and and I, it was a it was a video company that, that used it to promote their, their work, and um, and I was sort of keen to to get in contact with this this company, and uh, and so did um, so was Hell's Headbangers, and they uh, they actually. Uh, Found out that there was footage enough for, for four other tracks, you know. So, um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I haven't seen any of, of the stuff yet. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing what's what's coming com, coming out there. Um, uh, yeah. So um, that, that that should be great. You know, I don't even know what songs they are, but I believe it, it, will, it will probably be Night Flight to Tokyo and uh, and Face of a Clown and possibly uh, fight the fire or even accidents but that's so i'm only guessing so speaking of night flight to tokyo which seems to kind of be the hit up for the band i usually like to use a song to kind of close out an interview and, and you know play that so could you contribute any lyrics or anything or is there any cool stories of uh, how that song came to be well this, the, the song came to be that alex had, had written some words to a track you know that's how we, we normally work here we have some words and I sort of just put the put the song together, you know, with the riff and the, and the chorus, and the, and we we tweaked it a little bit, and suddenly we had a really good song. And I said to the others, you know, just before we went in in in, uh, in to record the album, we, we need we need some beginning on this track, you know. What are we going to do about that? So I called up the Danish embassy in Copenhagen, 
and I spoke to one of the the ladies on the on the on the, on the, on the end of the telephone and said like, she was Japanese, spoke sort of fairly decent Danish and, and English as well. And I said, to her, so how how do we get somebody to say this intro? You know, Moshima Tatsuya or whatever she says. You know, and. Uh, and she was like, oh, I don't know. She said, so I managed to get her to say it, and I recorded it with my little cassette player, just holding the phone down. Oh, really? <laughs> we took it in the studio, and it, you know, these days it's, it sounds a little bit shit, to be honest, but uh, it, was, it was quite a funny, funny thing, you know, to to do it the, those days. So, so thank you to, to her again. We're actually looking for somebody to re-record that for a live show, you know, that little piece. Of, what is of, she uh, saying there? She's saying, like, hello, hello, um, um, I, w- I would like you to come and visit me in Japan. Oh, like, I'd like, like, like you to come and visit me, basically. Okay, yeah, I always, it sounded, I mean, I, I think it was the effect you were looking for, but it sounded like a flight attendant on a plane, like, just over the loudspeaker. I never yeah. really put the thought to think where that came from, but it sound, that's what it sounded like to me. Yeah, well, it, we, we sort of, we knew it was, it was sounding a bit iffy, you know, so we tried to clean it up in the studio, but... Well, what we sort of decided, well, it, it could also be in a, the old answer phone, you know, with tape-based answer phone, yeah. where you don't hear that, you know. So, so we, we sort of left, left it like that, you know. That, um, yeah. that was why it was on there. Well, we'll hear that right now. Here's Night Flight to Tokyo.
So one kind of misconception seems to be nowadays, as Eddie rips a really foul ass, <laughs> um, is that there's more bands nowadays than there were back in the heyday. And I think that it's kind of true to an extent, and this is kind of appropriate to what we were talking about with Witchcross, the te- technology makes it better for bands to exist abroad. You know, nowadays you have your technology, not only are you, is it easier to contact, but it's easier to send, you know, if you're going to do it like, say, from the States to a guy in Australia, you can just send him files. Like if you're a drummer and you're a guitar player or whatnot, you can just send him files. He can, he can bang out his beat. I think it's more common nowadays for people to do that, and people do do that. However, I also think it's... Uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but back then you didn't have your Facebook, you didn't have your MP3s, you didn't have your Hellcast, you didn't have the show stuff to play these bands and give them the advertisement. So it was kind of like you were pretty much on a big label or you were nothing, but yet you still existed if you had a boombox or if you had some recording software of your own because it's, it's, it's definitely dominant that these bands are coming through and making their appearance nowadays through labels like High Roller Records or Shadow Kingdom. Hell, even bootlegs. You don't even Shifty. know sometimes. You don't even know sometimes that those are legitimate releases because there's like bootlegs or something. But you never heard of these bands. And so I would have to say that I think there's just as many bands nowadays as there were then. I Well, there's more people, obviously, on the planet. So there probably are more bands. But... Yeah, back then, the tape trading and stuff. I, I still remember one of the coolest things as a kid for me was getting a tape from King Fowley of Deceased right there in person. And that was how it was done back then. Or like you said, nowadays you get on the computer and it's like, mm, type away. and then Or you know your buddy comes over and starts taking CDs out of your thing, sticks them in his laptop. And it's like, dude, go buy them. They're, you know. Right. To record, you pretty much had to have a record deal. Yeah, and, and it was all analog. There was no digital back then, so it had to be spot on when you recorded. Right, exactly. And now it's anyone, their brother. You know, you, you got like black metal and stuff. It's easy to be in these one man bands because you have all this technology to do it yourself. So you can bang a lot, you can bang a drum track out as long as it's in time, and then play a guitar to it, and bam, you got a band. Where back in the day, it's like you had to meet people. You had to meet people that were close to you in school or in your city. That's where I say, you know, I I think the lack of the networking audience or the, the websites to say made it harder to discover these bands. But they still existed. They were still around. I do. What we were talking about earlier, um, you know, with the people like, like the, the email, Toxic Holocaust, that's real on the ground. 20 years yeah. ago, 30 years ago when I was a kid, that would be on the, a band like that. But now they're not so underground because of the internet. Because So it, it's kind of a cool thing because it makes the stuff super accessible. But for people who are like really diehard, I got to listen to stuff that nobody's heard of. Then it's like, oh, wow. It's, I guess it's a double-edged sword. I think the, the, the one edge that cuts through and it, and it exposes this stuff to more people, I think that's great. But 
the fact that it makes it easier to maybe steal people's music and not yeah and it's not like the tape trading thing where at least there was <clears throat> some reciprocation you got something back where there's a guy I know he used to always come to my house and he would always he'd bring his laptop and he'd just start taking CDs of my thing I'm like dude that's ten dollars man go go buy it support the band you know it's cool that you want to listen to it it's easier these days to get your music out there but then at the same time it's easier to kind of rip it off absolutely and we kind of delved on that to come back to the basis of this conversation, would you say that there are more bands nowadays than they were back in the heyday? More bands nowadays? I would I would venture that there are, yeah. I, is it because there's more, like you said, the technology makes it easier for people to record and make bands? Right. Or is it because there's more people? I don't know. There's probably more bands putting more stuff out these days. I mean, if you've ever walked down the street in Hollywood, there's people... Whether it's you know it's a metal band or you know a rap guy or a hip hop guy or you know a, a, a choral girl whatever they're, they're they're handing out their CDs you know and so yeah does that make them a band or an artist I guess but twenty thirty years ago were they handing out tapes or were they handing out flyers come watch me play at this at this show right 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 and so pers- w- would you say that music has become more convoluted? Because of technology and all, and making yeah. things like like easily experimental. Yeah, you know, in it may it might be a little off topic, but think about. <clears throat> oh yeah, get off topic. That's cool. Well, think about <laughs> popular music twenty, thirty years ago. You know, you had bands like Boston, or you know, and they were ugly like dudes. Boston, by the way, but but oh, they're a great band. But you know, these days, ever since you know, ironically, MTV played video killed the radio star that it took the musicianship out of it and it it added that extra element of of look and style whereas i mean with metal it's important because the leather the spikes the denim but you still had to play your shit good whereas so technology has i'd say muddled in muddied the waters or or watered things down because you know it's easy for everybody to do that you know you get a little voice what are those voice things that they use you know the uh, thing, the, the the pitch shifters that make you oh, you the know, auto t- the voice, the auto tune thing, yeah, yeah the auto. So fuck, you know, I could probably get on and be on Dancing with the. Oh, I guess it wouldn't be Dancing with the Stars or whatever, but Dancing you know, with the Metal, headbanging yes, with the Metalists, head, uh, yeah, and and that's kind of the thing. I I I kind of I don't know for for a fact, but I would say that it's definitely possible that there really isn't a di- much more bands nowadays than there were back in the heyday but there definitely are more projects there's definitely more uh, experimental kind of stuff but i'm talking about like you know a band band you know you get together on tuesday you hammer out some tunes well, I, with a bunch of your friends yeah when when i was a kid back in the 80s i there was bands that you know i mentioned the seas before i didn't i didn't know them never heard of them i got to see them and I think bands back then were actually getting together, practicing, jamming, going out, maybe playing shows. Exactly. And not necessarily just... <clears throat> but I don't think that's a good or a bad thing. That No, I wasn't... I mean, we're, I'm not alluding to the fact if it's good or bad. I was just saying if there was more bands now than there were then. And I think it's a, it's kind of... I think it's pretty much true, but I think people could be... It could be a misconception that there are way more bands now back as opposed to the day because of technology and stuff. And I think 
technology is making exposure and the possibility to record for bands nowadays possible more easier yes as opposed to back then do i think there's more bands probably in a sense than the fact that you can interlink with people from abroad and create a band but for i don't think it outweighs it that much to where it could really really overpower it you didn't have, like you said, the the the, the social media, the th- the MySpace, the Facebook, whatever to get your stuff out. You had to actually go out and play and and yeah. do a, and do a good job. You know, every night there there was these guys that lived down um, the photographer manager guy lived down the street from me, Rothschild America. They were Rothschild. They became Rothschild America. There was Rothschild UK, which I believe was Paul Diano, Paul Diano's band. There was a lawsuit Who? and all this stuff, exactly, <laughs> and. Um, I, re- I remember as a kid, man, going and seeing those guys, and just it was like awesome, awesome, awesome. And I was so stoked seeing them live, I couldn't wait for the record to finally come out. Um, and then, you know, I was lived down the street and had connections with them. And then uh, I was so used to listening to them live. They had a song called Nameless Face that I get the record, Climbing the Walls, their first one. And then I was like, why is Nameless Face on that? They're like, well, that came out after we wrote all this stuff, and it's on the next record. So different, good or bad, it's cool now but at least you can get exposure absolutely and speaking of exposure and technology hell's headbangers has launched a band camp website and what that is is it's basically a a website that offers streaming and downloads of your music um basically what uh what hell's headbangers is doing is it has all the hell's headbangers artists that have been involved past and present. Um, you can download it, but you can stream it for free before you even download it. So technically, you can listen to it back and forth as many times as you want if you want to roll that way. But you can download the whole album for $6.66, and you'll be like Eddie was saying. You can support the band rather than be one of his buddies and just playing it over and over and over again or taking the CD and putting it in as a burner. So I encourage you to check that out. That is a Hell's, Head, Hell's Headbangers Bandcamp site. Um, and I think the, if you're a hot chick, you can stick a flute in your pussy. Okay, well... Because it's Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, good uh, indication there. Uh, so, and other labels are involved with uh, Bandcamp as well. And there's, in fact, a uh, metal page dedicated to all the labels that are fan... Ban, or, I'm sorry, Bandcamp uh, labels as well, and you can stream their stuff and buy the albums. I don't know if it's as cheap as six dollars and sixty-six cents. Nonetheless, go to Bandcamp.com and you can find Hell's Headbangers and numerous other metal labels that are involved with Bandcamp, and you can find out a bunch a bunch of those bands. And if you're into the download thing, you can download it legally, and you can actually support those bands by paying for it. And is there a link also to bit by uh, um, actual records and CDs on that? Or would Good that be point. Back with the yes, it does. So if you don't want to do that and you just streamed it for free and you're like, this was really good, there is a link. Depends on the user. Hell's Headbangers, for instance, does link it to a physical merchandise. So yes, good, good. question, Eddie. Thank you. And you probably heard we played a few band submissions this episode and last time, and we would we encourage bands to continue to send them in. So if you're interested in having your stuff played on Hellcast, please, we need downloadable links. So that means you send us 
a high-quality MP3 or WAV file to hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com or email us on Facebook uh, doing similarly the same, something of the like. I'm not sure how that works, but you can figure it out. Please, no YouTube links. Those sound like shit. They look like shit, and we're not going to represent your band with those. So please, if you want to... For have, your band's sake. For your band's sake. That's what we're about, honestly. I don't want... And we uh, don't want to include your band on here as a shitty format. Nonetheless, uh, so yes, please get in touch with us if you want to do that. And just get in touch with us conversationally. Hellcast at hellsheadbangers.com and Facebook slash Hellcast. All right. Next time, please tune in. We will be talking to Avenger from Nocturnal. Speaking to a German this time, so getting a little bit international. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, baby. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, exactly. We were kind of going on a Danish little uh, tirade there, but uh, expanding our horizons, getting some cool guests. Guten Tag. Uh, not that we didn't have any cool guests previously, but uh, expanding the horizons. So tune in next time for that. Uh, we're going to play an oldie right now. Here is Sanctuary with Veil of yeah. Disguise. I am Reaper. I am Eddie Satan, and this is an awesome song.
Cutch from Witchcross. Follow us at www.witchcross.dk. And remember, stay tuned to Hellcast. <laughs> 